gonna invite you to turn to Second Chronicles. We're gonna have a, a little bit of time in the Word this morning. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse 14. If you're using one of our blue Bibles, that is on page 206, page 206. If you have a blue Bible that you're using and you don't actually own a Bible, please take that with you. That's our gift to you. Um, but Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Um, before I read that, something that's been uh, heavy on my heart. Uh, a lot of pastors and church staffs have been looking forward to today for a really a long time. We've been thinking about this and praying for it, and something that's just overwhelmed my heart this morning specifically. The message I have this morning isn't that like deep or complex, but I feel um, I don't think. Scared is the right word, but like a, maybe a holy reverence toward what we're stepping into. Um, maybe I'm also a little scared. I'm used to praying 50% me prayers and 50% God prayers, all right? What I mean by that is I pray prayers that if God doesn't answer, I got a pretty clean plan B. Like, I'm like you know, I'm like, like, I hope that this works out, but if it doesn't, I kind of I know how it's gonna go. Like, I'll be all right, you know? I'm not used to like flexing my faith and saying, God, I'm gonna start praying prayers that if your Holy Spirit doesn't act on my behalf, it won't work. And I, I just want you to know that as a church family, we're about to together take a step like that. We're, we're gonna begin praying that the Holy Spirit would work on such a level that our city would be aware that God is real and he's at work. There are some of us that a good sermon absent of the Holy Spirit, we still have the wisdom to hear it, to grow from it, to learn. But there are people today, the last thing they wanna hear is a sermon. They don't wanna come to your living room to have a house church. They don't wanna come to church. They are 100% convinced that God is A, not real, or B, against them if he is real. And nothing will change their heart except the Holy Spirit of God and the people of God listening to the Holy Spirit. And I just want to invite us to be bold and to have courage and to pray prayers. If you've seen the movie Bird Box or at least seen the memes, you can picture uh, what's her name with the blindfold on. What's her name, the actress? You all just said it, so you all know. All right, I don't even gotta say it from the mic, all right? It's what you just said, Sandra Bullock. Um, in a sense, I'm like, that's kind of the season we're stepping into. As a church, we're putting a blindfold on and going, we're gonna pray prayers and there's not an amount of strategy or an amount of logistics that can make everyone go, you know what, I think Jesus does love me and I wanna follow him. That's gonna, that is, that is, it has to take the Holy Spirit. It has to. And so as the people of God, this invitation today is to step in and yield to the Holy Spirit. And if you feel like you're in foreign terrain, I'm with you, let's do it together. And let's just lean in, let's lean into the Lord, okay? So Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Solomon has been praying, he's a king, he's been praying, he's built this temple um, and he is praying for, the, for a couple of chapters, he's prayed in chapter six and a little bit in chapter seven and praying that God would fill the temple. That's what he's asking for. He's saying, God, will your presence dwell in this temple I've built? Will your presence be with the people here? The people of Israel, will you be their God and will you stay here? That's what he's prayed for. And we're seeing some of God's response. We're just gonna read one verse, verse 14. God says, if my people who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. If my people who are called by my name 
humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Uh, I wanna start out um, by telling you a memory I have that, I just, that came to my mind. And I, I think I've told this before, but it's a story that means a lot to me. So just let's listen to it a second time if you've already heard it. But uh, when I was seven, um, which is how old I always am in my childhood memories, by the way, I think seven was a, a packed year for me. I went through a lot of things when I was seven. So I may have been six or nine, I don't know, but I was a young, young kid, all right? I was sitting in the basement of my house. I think it might, must've been a Saturday or a summer day or something. For some reason, my dad was off work. He walks to the basement door and goes, Josh, I got a surprise for you. I'm like, I'm seven. Surprises are typically good news. What's going on? Like, all right, dad, like, tell me what's up. Like, what's the surprise? He goes, I want to take you somewhere. All right, we're going on a little trip. That sounds good. That's going to be good. My dad's got something epic for me. He said, I want to take you to Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen serves ice cream, right? Like we all like, no, Dairy Queen's pretty good. At the very least, we like their blizzards to some extent. Am I right or am I wrong? Or am I right or am I right? So Dairy Queen's good. For some reason, I don't know if I was having a tough day that day. Maybe I'd lost a game on Nintendo because at that age, that's what I had. And maybe uh, there was like a spirit evil in me doing something. But for some reason, when he said, Josh, I wanna take you to Dairy Queen for a complete surprise, you had no idea this was coming. I responded, I hate Dairy Queen. I was blind. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. I've, I've grown since then. I've been sanctified. But I looked at him and said, I hate it. And, and my dad, he just, he just went, oh, okay. Left. Let me tell you something. When my dad, when he just like accepted it and walked away, it did something to me. Like down here, like way down at the base of my heart. I was like, the love in that man's eyes was undeniable. He just wanted to spend time with his son. At seven years old, I swear I could feel all these feelings but couldn't articulate them. I knew that that dad loves this son so much and I just denied him quality time by saying, I hate Dairy Queen, which I don't. It's ice cream, like that's impossible. Like, there's nothing to hate about dessert. Like it's just, it's good. This memory stuck with me like way more than any of us would ever have expected. I remember being like 10 years old. I'm staying, this is years later, I promise you, I'm staying at my grandparents' house. I wake up in the middle of the night, remember that memory and start crying. I'm like, I can't believe I treated my dad that way. I just cannot believe I did it. I go, I wake up my grandma. I'm like, I said, I hate Dairy Queen. And she goes, she's like out of it. Like, did you pee the bed? I'm like, grandma, I don't do that as often anymore. Like, what in the world? Why is that your question right now? Go back to bed. I'll just go cry by myself. And I did. And, uh, but I just, like, I just remember, like, literally, this is a true story. This memory broke my heart. And I, and I was really thinking about it this week. And uh, I think it's because to some extent, as much as a young kid can understand, I knew that in a, in a moment where all that really mattered was that, was that I was going to get some time with my dad, like, that's all I cared about. It's just father-son time. It hurt me because in that moment, I got consumed with what he was offering me. And because I didn't, for some reason, like what he was offering me in that moment, I was like, it's, then it's not even worth the car ride, right? And I was seven. I was a cute little idiot and I made a mistake. Not a big deal, right? I don't wanna make that too heavy of a story, right? But at the same time, God has literally kept that story in me where I realized like, oh, it's because I missed it. My dad was wanting to spend time with his son. And for some reason, I just wasn't cool with what he had to offer me. So I said, no. And I feel like in this season that we're stepping into as a church, I feel like, at least for me, I think for all of us, we're being called to stop, um, to stop viewing God uh, based on our circumstances, 
on what he's had to offer us. I don't know what your last year has been like, but the reason that 2 Chronicles 7.14 exists, where God says, like, if they'll, if they'll come to me, if they'll humble themselves, and they'll seek my face. Like, they'll just want to be with me. God says that because he wants relationship. And this isn't a, we're not entering into this, like, prayer and fasting season, poking the cosmic pinata, hoping something good falls out. Like, we're not writing a wish list with just, like, weight, the weight of disappointment on the line if he doesn't come through in the way we think he should. In this season, the call to pray and to fast is that the people of God, that know God, would fall in love with God again. That would just fall in love. And then also pray for the city, that other people would know the love of God, that we wouldn't be a people uh, that are entitled, that depending on how good or bad this season of life has been, depending on how good and bad we feel our circumstances are, that affects how we pray and how we talk to God. You know, right at the beginning of that verse, it says that they will humble themselves. When I think about humility, I think about how odd it would be is if when I was 16 and I was working for my boss, Keith Allred, who was a pretty like get to it kind of boss. He wasn't very like easy on me in a very good way. There wasn't any relaxing with him. I think about what if I sat down with Keith and started to negotiate like my working contract with him? Like, Keith, look, you're paying me 20 hours. I'll give you two hours this week, all right? You're welcome, right? Like, that would be insane, right? It would be clear that immediately I misunderstood the dynamic at work. Like, boss tells employee what to do for an agreed upon payment, right? Employee doesn't come in and start renegotiating, right? I guess when you get higher up, maybe you can negotiate a contract. You get what I'm saying, no, right? You get what I'm saying. It's the same as if a little child comes to a parent as the child has gotten in trouble and begins to negotiate what the punishment should be. All right, let's talk about this. How bad was it? It's like, you are a child. I am a parent. This only goes one way. There is no options here. And yet so often I find myself coming before God with negotiations. With like, you know what? I don't know how well you're doing your job. So I'm gonna take a break here. Or I'm a little bitter. I just don't agree with how this thing is going. And 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And when I read that, I just felt very simply, will the people of God in this season step into prayer and fasting with a simple understanding of you are God, I am not. That gap is wide. You are God, I am not. There is a big difference in you being God and me not being God. That is a Big, that's a big gap. And in Jesus, he has closed that gap and we get to have relationship. But I sense that in 2019, the Christians of Nashville need to soak themselves in humility, not coming before God with an entitled wish list of things we wanna see happen and go right for our lives because our dreams are on the line. But that we come before God saying, God, what do you want? What do you want? You are God, you are the creator. It says, if my people will humble themselves, Let's keep reading. And pray and seek my face. That we would humble ourselves and seek the face of God. This is such a sweet thing about the Lord. That he's like, if you'll just seek me, I'll be with you. What does that tell us about God? Like he wants relationship. And as we enter into this prayer and fasting season, May this be a season where we actually, we really do it. We seek the face of the Lord for real. There are so many things that are distracting us. So many things that are bogging us down that have our attention. For me, the screens are relentless. 
I mean, Netflix, Parks and Rec, I can do that for all of eternity, for all I'm concerned. Like, Leslie, nope, you, you're great at what you do. Let's, let's make sure that you get to be the president one day. You know, that's the plot of the show. And it's like, I love that stuff, but I've been noticing that my screen time, I feel like the, the metaphor I got in my mind in the past two weeks for my own personal life has been like, it's like being underwater. It's like being underwater doesn't kill you. It's actually kind of cool, right? It's like underwater's good until you stay too long, <laughs> right? Then you realize, oh, I need air again. And I found that at least for me, the distractions of my life have prevented me from like breathing spiritually. Very rarely do I get to hear my own thoughts. When I'm not talking to someone, I'm watching something and my brain is forever engaged with something. If it's not, I'm watching, I'm listening. Like, and I just found like, whoa, distraction is heavy. And if we're gonna seek the face of God, we're gonna really do it in this season. I would search, I just wanna invite us to search our hearts search our rhythms and give God more, more time, more of our just literal five minutes. Like I was talking to my mom the other day, so sweet. She's stepping into deeper prayer rhythms. And she was just talking about how like, man, I just wanna turn the TV off for five minutes and just pray. Do you think that's good? I'm like, I think that's great. Like that's a great step. So in this season, we humble ourselves. We come before God going, you're God, I'm not. That's, that's the deal. So I, I don't tell you how to do your job. I just come before you as your child, right? Um, and then we seek the face of God Let's set some things down in this season, all right? Then it says, and then turn from their wicked ways. They will turn from their wicked ways. Sometimes before we can go to something, we have to turn away from something else, right? So we turn away from something to turn to God. I just wanna say this. This is like the least 2019 thing ever. You and I choose wickedness. We do that. We have a habit of doing that. We get lured in by the lust of the world and we choose things that God has very clearly said, do not choose those things. They will harm you. They will harm this. It's not good for you. And we do that. And that's okay, all right? Well, it's not okay, but it is okay, right? I, I feel like we live in a culture that doesn't know how to go, A, I'm messed up and B, I'm gonna like admit it and then grow from it. Like I'm, I'm gonna change and it's just a weird thing. To, I don't know if you feel uncomfortable me saying that, hey, you have some wickedness in you and you chose it. But I just want you to know that God says, if my people are gonna seek my face, humble themselves, they need to take a significant step in turning from wickedness. I just wanna say, if you are aware of wickedness in your life, thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit is illuminating things in you. Scripture testifies the people that need to be concerned about their relationship with God are those that feel no conviction. They feel nothing. They do so freely without any understanding that that hurts the heart of God and it's hurting them. That's when you should be concerned. But when God in his sweet grace illuminates where you have chosen things that break his heart, he is helping you. He is being a good father. It is okay that we are not good enough on our own and that we need the Holy Spirit to go, no, not that. That's too far. That's sin. Come back to me. And God says, humble yourself. Seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. And then comes this incredible promise. I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I will heal their land. And as I began thinking about Nashville in 2019 and thought about God healing our land, 
it overwhelms me that God says, if the people of God would come together, humble themselves, seek his face, turn from their wicked ways, God will not stand silent. He will not. He will hear. He is listening. He is actively listening for your prayers, for our prayers. He will heal. He will hear from heaven and he will forgive sin. He'll forgive it. And then he will heal the land. Do you sense in your heart the desperate need for healing that so many of us need? We need healing. We do not need pep talks, self-help talks. We need like deep wounds to be made whole again. There are hurting, broken people that are 1 million percent convinced it is gone. There is no more hope. This is my lot. This is my life. This is it. I can end it now or I can live, but this is my lot. God wants to heal Nashville. I believe that. I really believe that. And I already talked to you about we're praying into some big stuff. That's what I'm talking about, right? This isn't stuff that we can do. We need God to do. But God says that the people will come together, humble themselves, seek his face, turn from their wicked ways. He will listen. That's the invitation of this season. And I don't wanna do this conversation in injustice by giving just like a heavier talk because I feel the weightiness of what I'm saying and I kind of see it in our eyes. It's, it's a heavier conversation in some ways. I think what I'm feeling in my heart and the reason it feels heavy to me is I just feel the despair of, of the city and the despair of God's people. I feel the, the woundedness of people who used to believe in God with all their heart and now they're just jaded and they're pretty sure like what's the point of praying hard? Like it's just kind of, I, I think I just feel a lot of like the gap between us and God. But I do wanna say this, God has good things in store. <laughs> like this is gonna be a season where we intercede for people. We pray on people's behalf. God is going to answer prayers though. Like, like he's gonna answer stuff. <laughs> like people are going to be redeemed. People are going to be restored. There will be testimonies of God bringing healing where we didn't think God could bring healing. Like that will happen and we're gonna rejoice about it and we'll be really excited and we'll get goosebumps and we'll like start doing dorky dances and then get insecure and then go, no, it's not worth being insecure. This is too good. I'm gonna dance like an idiot. Like those will all, that, that is for us. So I don't wanna act like this is like some really heavy thing. Like, all right, so come do it. Come pray it fast. Like I just, I think I'm feeling the weight, the gap, but the people of God are being called to stand in the gap right now on behalf of the city, on behalf of your neighbors, your coworkers, and that's what we're being invited into. And so take courage, let's do it together. We are not doing this in isolation. You have people's phone numbers, if you don't get them, talk to each other, pray for each other. Like this is gonna be a fun, good, important ride we're about to go on together as we pray and fast on behalf of the city. Um, as we go into communion, the, the action steps are really simple, all right? One, if you're here and you're not following Jesus yet, and throughout this conversation, you sense God saying, I, this moment right now is for you. I have come for you. I want you, my child. If that is something you're hearing in your heart, um, talk to God. Come talk to me. If you wanna pray together, consider following Jesus. God wants to flip your world upside down in the best ways. You were made to know him. If you wanna know Jesus today, come talk to me. Talk to Jesus. Um, do whatever it takes to come know Jesus today. If you're here and you're a believer, um, there's one or two things I wanna invite you into. That turn from your wickedness, that might've hit some of you. And if it hits some of you, that's good news. The Holy Spirit's talking to you, all right? If there's any wickedness in your heart, nothing is too far from God. The second half of this passage is God saying, I will forgive their sins. Like, so we're good here. Bring your wickedness before the Lord. 
confess it. Confess it to someone else if you need to do that. God is quick to forgive. But get that out of the way. Let's start this season with a clean slate. Tomorrow, to anyone trapped in sin, to anyone trapped in brokenness, tomorrow has not happened yet. It has not. Tomorrow is not controlling you. It has not happened. The Holy Spirit is here today. Freedom is here today. I have walked with too many people who are experiencing so much freedom. It is so real. God is patient. He is walking with you. If you are trapped in sin, tomorrow has not happened. Tell somebody, talk to the Lord, take courage, keep swimming. Second thing, if you're a Christian and you're like, I feel like I've I've got the repenting out of the way, just begin interceding. Start praying for people in Nashville. If you wanna circle up, do that. I say this, hopefully I'm gonna start saying this like every week. I want this space to be a living room And in a living room, you don't ask, if it's your own living room, you don't ask permission to use the restroom. You don't ask permission to stand, kneel, sit, lay, whatever you do. It's your house, right? Treat this as if it's your own living room in the sense that you can be comfortable to stand, to sit, to pray, to write, to worship, to stand in the back. Whatever it takes for you to go after the Lord, I would encourage you to do that. Does that make sense? Okay, thank you guys for, I just love you, I really do. I love you. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, thank you for sitting through this conversation that I think is amazing. If you have any questions or want to pray, I'll be in the back. We'll have some people in the back as well. Um, So yeah, uh, I'm going to dismiss this to communion. So we can go ahead and stand. If you're closer to the front, you can exit towards the middle, go grab communion. If you're closer to the back, exit towards the middle, grab communion. If you don't want to take communion yet, don't. Um, Pray with one another. Let this be a time of prayer. Before we enter into another time of worship, let's just pray together.